the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Joining me to discuss all things Tottenham Hotspur once again this week is my partner in crime, it's Matt. How you mate, you are I'm tired. Tired, yeah. That's the right word. I'm tired. I had a late night. Uh, We record this on Thursday the 13th of January, year of our Lord 2022. And last night we exited the League Cup following a defeat to Chelsea in the semi-final. And I was up late reading every possible version and take and interview and everything and having it all fester in my brain. <laughs> and and then and then got up this morning to record this, thinking, <laughs> I wish I hadn't done that. You wish I hadn't done that, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm tired because I went to the blooming game and I got back late. You, know you did, mean? yes. Yeah, no, I bet. What, what time did you get back from the game? Oh, do you know what? It wasn't too bad. I mean, I, oh, okay. I, I left early, uh, which I <gasps> possibly wouldn't have done if, we were, if we'd have scored at least a goal, I think. But it was one of those ones where... We had two penalties given to us, then taken away. We had yeah. a goal given to us, then taken away. And you just think, yeah. this could go on for another 180, 180 minutes, and it's just going to be more and more torture. So I'm, just, I'm done. Yeah. I want to get yeah, the early train I, I, I do think sometimes you got to look at a game and go, yeah, not our night. <laughs> not, not our night. I mean, uh, their goal literally came from a goalkeeping error. Um, other than that, they had a few shots, which he dealt with okay. Um, so it was really just... And uh, <laughs> a bad night. <laughs> Just you know. Do you think? Do you um, think there was too much? Do you think there was anything to? I, I presume there's not. But my first instinct was to read something into the fact that Larice had been dropped for that game. But I'm yeah. wondering if he's just rested. He decided to, to throw the game and just rest him for for the. Well, for it's the it's an it's an interesting conversation, and I think it's one worth having because um, there are, of course, so many different takes. And one one of the things that. I do on a pretty regular basis is look at the kind of journalists who have good uh, good tracks in the Spurs. So generally, if they write a story with something on the lines of sources that the club have said, you can rely on the fact someone at the club has actually said it. Whereas you know some journalists write, oh, "I'm hearing," and you know that's absolute shite. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the ones that you, that you generally know. Uh, were very kind of opinion like they had no insight on this uh, nobody saw it coming um, I think the admin on Twitter the admin for social media for Tottenham was shocked by the team selection because he decided to pick a picture of Harry Kane with the team that generally had a look on his face like what the double take look yeah like, yeah <laughs> which, which kind of made me laugh because you've got infinite pick of all the players the archive they must have there and that admin generally picked one where he had a look on his face of like no really that's yeah. the team really mm-hmm. um so yeah i i don't know i don't know here, here are my different faults and you, you you jump in with which one you think could be the case one larice has a slight injury and they are worried and they're protecting him because larice plays a game against chelsea which is potentially a game we've already lost because we're not you know, we were already 2 0 down. He aggravates this injury, then misses the next 10 games, and we've got a big problem. Physios have said, look, you know, sit him, stand him down tonight, and, you know, he should be fine. He just needs a few days to recover. That That's possible. It doesn't seem likely with a goalkeeper, but that's possible. The second option is that 
Gallini when he was signed on a loan deal. There's X amount of games, X amount of cup games. Conti hinted before the game that he was the cup goalkeeper. Kind of like, you know, he's here and that's his reason he's here. Um, and that's why I've picked him. Then said after the game that he picked him because he wanted to give him a chance in a big match. To kind of assess him. Um, it, it's an interesting point of view. It would seem very odd in a cup semi-final to make that change you know not only making the change from what is your first choice goalkeeper but in essence dropping your captain for a cup semi-final so it's a strange one whichever way you look at that and then the third option of course which is the one i'm possibly leaning towards but uh, maybe just because that's my thinking if this makes sense i think it was a clear message sent to the board which is, I've got a goalkeeper here who's world class, who's club captain, and the level that drops out of this team when he's not playing is massive. Here he is on the bench for an evening. Look at the substitute you signed and tell me why he isn't getting a new contract. <laughs> because I, I, you were sat behind the dugout and everything. Yeah. Did you notice who Larice was sat next to for the whole game? No, I didn't see. Yeah, he sat next to Paratici for the entire match. Okay. Um, I don't know. You can look into things and you can think about things a lot. But the whole rumour mill around Larice and a contract is that he'd like to stay at Spurs. And basically, he's not demanding more money. He's just like wants the same money. But he wants a deal over two years, not one. Um, at his age, I can understand why he wants that, and I can understand, given his form, why he feels he deserves it. Um, he's been a real loyal servant for us as well, so it's kind of you know it kind of like works both ways, doesn't it? Um, I remember years ago when Man United were chasing him and he was being linked away on a pretty consistent basis. He wouldn't engage with it. He didn't go off on international duty and say, yes, I'd like to leave. Or he didn't go to a golf course and say it to Gary Neville. He used to just sort of like, yeah, there's speculation. There's always speculation. And then he'd sign a new deal. And then, you know, the club would keep moving forward. So, it, I don't know. It, it, it's what, Whichever way you wrap up, those are the three different ways of thinking that I've got. Um, but whichever way, it still seems an odd decision. Do you know? I don't know if it, if it was picked up on the um, on television when you watched it. Because mm. I'm trying to think if it if it gets included when you're watching it on television. Uh, but I found, you know, sometimes you can something fairly small or minor, mm. you can read far more into it than what's actually there. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other times, it, there's there's something to be read into it. Yeah. But when when the uh, announcer called out so as per normal. They go through the first eleven of the opposition, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then they 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 go through the first eleven of the of the of Spurs team, yeah. But but Harry Kane's always the last one to get called, and then yeah. right at the end, the he went and our captain Harry Kane, mm. and he never says our captain Hugo Lloris. No, that's bizarre. Right? But why? So why do that? Like it, it didn't. What what was? Is it? Am I just reading too much into that, or why? Why did the announce yeah. stadium announcer maybe, do that? Maybe it's because of the Reese plays. Everyone knows he's captain. Whereas tonight we've got a different captain, so I'm going to make a point. But yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. That seems odd. You yeah. do it for every game, or you don't do it. That, that's well. Next game you're there. See see if he says and our captain Hugo Lloris, <laughs> but he won't say and our captain because he starts with Hugo Lloris. I don't know. Talking about, just... our next, talking about our next game, though, Sam, I've got a right quandary, mate, I tell you. 
No, I was going to um, say, not not for not wanting to go, but it's my, my father-in-law's 70th birthday on a Sunday. Yeah. And and Vicky's like, yeah, you can go to the Arsenal game with Seb, but yeah. I feel like I'm going to get paid back at some point, mate, if I go. Um, I I, I would look on this in with two... There's two ways of looking at this, Matt. <laughs> go on. One, being single at your age isn't what at all. You know, you're not that bad. The dating scene could be fun, though. I'm joking. Um... Yeah, that's that's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, for one, never take marriage advice from me, um, and two, that feels like one of those traps, doesn't it? it? I, that do feels feel, like, I feel like I'm being set up. Yeah, that feels like one of those, like you know, oh no, of course you can stay out if you want. You know, well, yeah. hang on a minute, that yeah. didn't sound right. No. Normally, it's <laughs> get home now. I, I, I finished work and we're just going to go for a pint. You, you're right with that. Can I bring home anything? No, don't you worry. You have a good time. Those are words that sound, you know, the words sound nice, but the tone, mm. the tone kind of has a gates of hell closing behind you <laughs> moment. Um, it all greatly depends on, uh, you know, Seb could be your winner here, you know. Go on. Has Seb been to a North London derby? He hasn't. Before? He hasn't. And that, See, uh, yeah. there's your winner. There's your it's ace winner. card. It's my ace card. Because it's like, you know, uh, well, he's had 70-odd birthdays. Seb's never been to a North London derby before. So, you know. Um, no, I, I mean, yeah. Good, good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I personally would go. Um, yeah. Because I'd work on the theory of, I've asked, you've answered. Yeah, I I'm doing the right thing, and I'm taking Seb to his first North London derby. And when we get back, we'll make a big fuss, and we'll do this, and we'll do yeah. that, or um, you know, try and try and make a plan which consists of you going to the game and exactly and also celebrating yeah, the good exactly. man's birthday. Exactly, that's, thank that's you, where I'd go. Thank um, you for your voice, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, no, unfortunately, this is now recorded and on record, so when this all goes wrong, you can yeah. just go, look, Sam exactly. said. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. No, get out of it, mate. <laughs> and I'll be named in yet another divorce. Um, so, uh, just before we move on to looking ahead to the thing, do you think there's much... Um, uh, I had a few messages from people I know just talking about VAR again. Um, a couple of people that I know actually went to the game and I replied saying sorry to say yeah I think that's right <laughs> so you know the VAR have got it right um, the referee was doing his best to make it an exciting uh, game the thing that is interesting on VAR right so it's going to sound like this is kind of like a sour grape thing but it's not VAR got the decisions right last night and that's great you know that's fine that's what it's there for but the thing that is interesting in cup competitions in this country, and I do think it's worthy of people looking at and discussing, is I don't think, if VAR cannot be applied in every single game, I don't think it should be in there. And I know that makes a massive difference, because of course last night without VAR, we're winning that game 3-1. 3-1, yeah. all on aggregate, yeah. and we're yeah. going to penalties or extra time, which which is mad because it shouldn't happen, but, but we are. Now, I know, obviously, one goal would change it, but I'm just saying that that's basically what would have happened. Harry Kane would have had a hat-trick, wouldn't he? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mental. With 250th, 51st and 52nd goal, you'd been very happy, <laughs> unlike the very grumpy bastard he was towards the end. Um, but one of the things that... I, the reason why I'm saying that is because we've got this situation with cup competitions where if it's not at a Premier League team's ground... There's no VAR. 
So let's say, for example, we were in a semi-final draw and we drew uh, Blackpool. Someone like that, they'd managed to get to the semi-final. And in the other semi-final, it was Liverpool-Arsenal. Like well, it it's, Sam, last year, last year, yeah. Brentford, wasn't it? We got Brentford, well, didn't we? Yeah, Remember? there you go. Yeah. So, so without, you can't have the same competition but with different rules. Because what would happen if, like, in our game, was with another team, no VAR, and those decisions had happened and we'd gone through... In the other game, for example, let's say Liverpool scored three goals, all were chalked off by VAR, and, you know, whereas in our game, those three goals would have stood. If you've got the same competition, you have to have the same rules applied, and it's happening in the FA Cup right now. You know, uh, the lower league team went through with a goal that was blatantly offside. I mean, you know, when you watch it back, it's like, wow. Uh, I know some decisions you go, okay, I can't blame the linesman there. That was really fast. This one, what were you, game were you watching, my friend? Yeah. And they've gone through. Now, to a lower league team's cut runs is a lot of money. You know, this is a big deal to them. And they've gone through. If they played that game, you know, if they'd been drawn at us, for example, and that goal had been scored, it would have been chalked off. So how can you have it where it's the same competition but different rule you know it's not the different rules but it's being applied differently for me until every club in the country can use the technology or for example when you do this competition you you institute it as a rule from round three or something that everyone is on the same level playing field you shouldn't have it that's yeah. that's my opinion because otherwise it's it's all over the place. Like the championship doesn't have VAR because not all of the grounds can have it. The Premier League, everybody does, so the VAR is applicable for every single game. That's fair. I, that's I agree. as it should be. Yeah, I I agree, and and it, it's a consistency thing. And look, I don't yeah. think I don't think I'm overreaching by making this comparison, but it's the equivalent. Right, for me, mm. I think it's the equivalent of going. Right, okay. If you in, if you play in a Premier League ground, ground, you can have a referee and two linesmen. If you play in a, in a non-Premier League ground, we'll just give you one linesman. Yeah, and yeah, because, yeah. because the VAR is another referee. Yeah, and, and you know, it's the eyes in the sky. If anything, it's, yes, it's so, now so, become the most kind of important part. Yeah, so so it's it's not. I don't think that's me overreaching. I, I think no. that's genuinely. It's that. It's that level of yeah. inconsistency and, and it's funny because if you said that like if you started next season okay this season's FA Cup the one big change is if if you're playing against the Prem team at their ground you've got the referee the fourth official two linesman but anywhere else you'll just have one ref with no help yeah. and you'll have to make these best judgement calls people would say you're mental yeah. yeah and yet that is no you're absolutely spot on the analogy is perfect mate well done uh, just I don't I don't get why people think it's okay. It's not. It's not right. And this isn't a me against technology debate kind of thing. It's just if you cannot apply the same level of rules to every game, then you need to level it. And the way to level it in the FA Cup and the League Cup is to say, right, in these competitions, because of these teams and the land of it, then there is no VAR. Now, they, they talked about it before, about, okay, well, we'll only introduce it then at the later rounds. But again, teams could have been knocked out or advanced <laughs> on on basically different application of the laws by that point. Mm. So, yeah, I don't am, know. Am I, am just, I, just, I know uh, there's no perfect system. No, of course. It doesn't seem right. No, I, I don't know. I might be completely um, um, uh, not remembering well the last season, the, the, the semi-final against Brentford. Yeah. Obviously, the, at the time, they weren't a Premier League team. Yeah. Wasn't one of Sonny's goals 
marginally yeah. offside or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, so so there you go. So it, again, it, <laughs> it's made a big impact. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's interesting because the funny thing is about VAR was supposed to kind of end the debate. It certainly hasn't done that. It, it shifted it and the application of it and the standard of officiating. I think has come under more of a microscope and bloody right it deserves to be. Yeah. Um. I I really think the VAR, if it's highlighted anything for me, it's highlighted that the refereeing in this country just isn't good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, I I watch some of the football in other leagues. I, I watch a bit of football in Germany recently because a fair few academy players that I spotted like years ago for different teams and thought, oh wow, you know, I remember that name. You know, have <laughs> yeah. ended up playing in Germany, uh, and one of them's a kid called Jude Bellingham. Um, which a lot of people know now because of course Gareth Southgate picked him for England at the Euros and stuff um, but he's playing for Borussia Dortmund uh, as a kid who came from the academy at Birmingham I think and he, I mean he's great over there but because of that, I, I sort of keep an eye on a few of the games the standard of officiating between the division and also the application of technology is so much better uh, abroad you know basically when they get in the referee's ear it's just can you look at this they don't get in his ear and go, uh, we've looked at this and the guy was outside of the box. It's like, okay, you got the monitor there. Um, it looks like there was a foul to us. Go take a look. And the referees like go over it. There's no kind of like, well, that's not how I saw it. It's all right, <laughs> you know, and it's quick. The guy runs to the side of the pitch, watches it once. He might say like, okay, can you show me a different angle? Right, yeah, okay, I can see what you mean now. Great, back on with the game. And the commentary team are listening. So the commentary team are literally able to say to you as a viewing audience there and they put the monitors up like saying you know, VAR check in progress, the crowd just wait and then the referee do the signal and away we go. Now I know we're seeing that a little bit more here now but still it just seems so clunky. Like one of, like one of the things last night about one of our penalties, the very first replay shows the contact of the challenge is about a foot to two feet outside of the box and then Hoybier takes two more steps and drops in the box. So on the very first replay, it's obvious. So why is it that that TMO, for an official, doesn't have the authority to say to the referee, oh, wow, that was like a yard outside the box. Yeah, it's a free kick. Mm-hmm. Not not like, go look at the monitor. He needs to just tell him. so blunt. Yeah, we've had the conversation before, haven't we, Sam, about yeah. the fact that, you know, that it's that kind of, you know the ref. Look, so the second one, the second penalty that wasn't given. Yeah. Like, I, I, where from where I was sitting, I was very close to that. So that uh, much closer to that side. Okay. So yeah. straight away, I was like, I turned to the guy next to me. I was like, that's not a pen. That wasn't a penalty. Yeah. You know, I, I could see it from where I was sitting. That wasn't a penalty. That's going to get. That's going to get changed round. Yeah. And then he he goes to the monitor, and I said to I said to him as well. I went, look, we know it's not a penalty, mm-hmm. so it's going to get turned around. But have you ever? And I, again, this is something we said. Have you ever seen a referee? Go to the no. monitor and 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 just stick with the, his original decision. He never has. Yeah, he changes his no. mind. Has it happened? I mean, prove me wrong. Someone prove me wrong. But no, no. Every I, I, there's time... probably an example somewhere, but in my memory, certainly not. I mean, if you're being called to the monitor, you're being called there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So is it is it necessary? Yeah. Like, like well... if, if 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 it was if it was um I don't know. Thirty percent of times, the referee. Thirty percent of the times, referees like, oh, actually, no, I'm going to stick with mm. and and seventy percent. But it's to me, it's a hundred percent. So, what is the point of even well, looking at the monitor? I, yeah, no, that, that's fair. It's it's a thing. It's a debate that's come up in rugby about officiating because when they brought technology first in the rugby, the TMO, the television match official, 
actually had authority to make the decisions. So what would happen is the referee on the pitch would literally get the TMO in his ear and say, like, stop the game. I've just seen a punch thrown off the ball. Number four, white, he needs to be yellow carded. You need to put a penalty in this bit. And the referee would stop the game and just do it. Because he's been told by a guy watching on TV and it's fact. Do you, do you see what I mean? It's yeah. like he yeah. is the referee and it's fact. They then changed it because a lot of people felt that it diminished the role of the on-field referee. And it just he has evolved. The rules haven't changed, but it's just evolved now that they show the referee the incident on a video. So the, the TMO, the third match official, the television match official, is literally, his role is that of a TV director. It's like, okay, here's the replays, here's the better angle, and then the and then the referee on the pitch will make a decision. And like you just said then, the referee on the pitch will say, okay, this is how I'm seeing it. And everyone just goes, yeah. It's like, well, what's, what's the point? What was the point in watching it, Tender? What's the point of having you there? You might as well just get the referee to say, hey, Sky, can you show me that again just to be sure it's all right? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a nonsense. And in football... I don't think... See, rugby is a bit different. You put a massive replay on a big screen in rugby, people will just go, ooh, that's bad, or something like that. I think in football, it could start a riot. <laughs> so mm. I don't think they should show the replays the referee's watching on the big screens in stadiums. I don't think that's a good idea. But at the same time, it is bizarre. Like, why, why have a referee watching it if that person cannot make decisions? Yeah. What's yeah, the point? Right. He's a yeah. qualified referee watching watching replays from multiple angles. He needs to be the one that says this is what it is. You've not seen the replays. I've seen it three or four times whilst play continued. You need to stop play and bring it back because of this. Not, you know, I've looked at this three or four times. Now you need to look at it three or four times. What's yeah, the point? Yeah, and also like you say for 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 for, for objective things like that. It's it's almost like, you know, you, you you sit you, you sit going to your kitchen and picking up an apple and going this is an yeah. apple and then getting someone else to come in and go I just need you to confirm this is an apple <laughs> the first you know it's an apple you're just confirming the obvious aren't you yeah. you know yeah you are it's silly yeah, yeah. it's really really silly I know what I'm doing with my day now I'm going to confirm <laughs> things with everybody yeah yeah it's like oh see this window mm, is gonna, it a window yeah I'm going to yeah. put my shoes on but I'm going to knock yeah. next doors and make sure that I yeah. put my shoes on can they confirm yeah. I'm wearing my shoes yeah. oh, God, you imagine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be locked up by the end of the day, and and that's how mad it is. Yeah. Um. So league cups, our league cup campaigns over. Last year we were beaten finalists. This year we're beaten semi finalists. Uh, our record in the league cup continues to be one where we do progress. Um. It's it's a frustrating one because obviously any chance to try and get hold of some silverware always feels like it's uh, a step away from us for for whatever reason. Um, going out of the semi-final on paper isn't a bad season. Going out to the arguably still the best team in Europe at the moment isn't a bad thing. Um, one of the things I think fans often forget as well is you know these games happen like that. We knocked them out last year. You know it was only last season we played them in the semi-final and we knocked them out. Or, the, or was it last? No, it wasn't the no, semi-final. It was the quarter-final. Semi- yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, fit, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's last season, which none of us thought was going to happen, and it did. This season, they've beaten us over the two legs, and they and they were the better side. So, oh, you yeah, know, it's it's yeah. what it is. It's uh, you can't you can't get too wrapped up in it, and I think you got to kind of shake it off. Um, I think the team selection thing. I think that's a discussion that's going to run and run. Uh, do you feel like the honeymoon's over for Conte after that last night? Because it certainly felt like the fans were pissed. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's a weird one because I, you know, I've been, I've been very positive and um, yeah, definitely enthusiastic, and and I, I don't get me wrong, this is enough. Like, do you know? Funny enough, because where I was, uh, obviously where I was sitting, about I was eighteen, row eighteen, and just yeah, behind, literally yeah. di- but directly behind uh, Conte, and there was a lot of abuse towards Hitchin. Funny enough, a lot of abuse. Yeah, this sure has been fault. Yeah, every, every game. Yeah, yeah, but um, I I, I feel like he's um. You know he can he can really improve players, but there's just some players that I just don't think he's going to get be able to improve. And you yeah. know, and Dombele got dropped quite rightfully after the after his yeah. Behavior. What do you make of the comments afterwards? Because I really don't understand it. I don't know if you've seen this. I've just kind of done it. So he was asked afterwards why he was dropped, and he basically said, "I made the decision. It was tactical, but I also." listen to the club spoke to the club as in like the higher ups and i wouldn't have made that decision without them yeah because i i think there's there is an element of the the more he criticizes him the mm. more his value goes down but don't you think that well yeah that's a good point but don't you think that like there's there's two ways to read that and neither way is kind of good one is i had to get their permission to drop him which i, I think as a fan i really don't like that idea you know um but then on the flip side it's kind of like they told me to drop him (laughs) do you know what i mean it's like uh, i know english isn't his first language so sometimes when he answers questions he then clarifies them at a different point and that's probably what's going to happen because there's a couple of times he said stuff and i've been a bit hang on that doesn't sound right and then when he's clarified you can actually you you see what he means so probably in the next press conference it get cleaned up but journalists being the way they are you know they've absolutely run with that i think by the time he'd finished speaking the daily mail had a breaking news t- antonio conti told to drop them dumbbelly i was like that's not what he said <laughs> no yeah you've just completely uh, that's not that. what he yeah. said you, yeah. you've you've dived on that quickly mm. but i dare say it got about a thousand clicks in the first 30 seconds and i was one of them because i was <laughs> reading everything last night in some sort of mad depression um there, you know there's one player you know obviously in is a player that has to go but another player and and, and, I, and this might sound like a really crazy theory as to why he's been so awful for us but okay it was because i was just pondering it so mm. matt matt doherty yeah he it, it started for me it started because because I say where I was sitting, I wanted to catch a video of the players coming out the tunnel because I was so yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. So I was, on the big screen, they show the players getting ready, probably like QC on television. Yeah. And even just looking at him on the television, uh, ready to come out, he just looks a fallen man. He just he looks like yeah. someone who's just been told he's lost his entire family in a car accident. Right. He, sp- yeah, he spends yeah. his entire his demeanour is like that permanently. Right. And and I can't for the life of me work out why. And I've got a theory. Yeah. Okay. Now. You and I, we're not we 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 we're we're, um, we're we're not we're retirement age now. We're past we retirement are, age, yeah. right? Unless we, unless you're the Italian famous Italian goalkeeper, who's basically <laughs> the only guy that makes me feel young in football. Yeah. Now, say for example, right, mm. you get a phone call from Arsenal, and they're like, Do you know what, uh, Sam? 
we 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 need you, mate. We've we, you know you're a rugby man, but we need you. Yeah. Like, come and play for us. We'll pay you a yeah. hundred grand a week. Come and play for yeah. Arsenal, right? Yeah. You're not going to knock a hundred. You're not going to turn down a hundred grand a week, are you? No, probably right. not. But you're playing for Arsenal, aren't you? You're a no. die-hard Tottenham fan, and you're no. playing for Arsenal. Now, I, I'm not questioning his professionalism. Right? He's a professional footballer. He's professional. Yeah. But there has to be an element of that. This The guy was a die-hard Arsenal fan. He was deleting tweets yeah. about how much he hated Spurs. You know? Yeah. Is, there, is, that, is there anything in that, or am I just reading too much no, into it? I don't know. It's difficult, because... You you look at that and you could easily say, will someone put the same level of application in when they genuinely, genuinely have a kind of built-in hatred for the club? I, I don't know. It is difficult because you, you look at his professionals and also the way he was introduced, the tongue-in-cheek deleting tweets thing. Uh, you kind of think, well, he's obviously got a good sense of humour about it. He's professional. It's fine. You know, that was the best way of introducing him. But the guy... The guy didn't settle well straight away. He struggled straight away. And I... See, it's, it's a big thing. And, and it sounds stupid, but... I remember reading an interview years ago about Jermaine Genus at Newcastle. And he described playing at Newcastle and living there. And the football club basically being the be-all and end-all of everyone's lives there. Was like living under a microscope 24-7. And he really struggled with it. And then he moved to Tottenham. He said, you know, you're in London, one of countless clubs in London, all these different things. He said, and he felt, you know, just felt more at home, felt more relaxed, and he was really happy about it. I think Matt Doherty's literary career, he moved across the Wolves, basically for their academy system. He's come up through the divisions with them. He was very settled and at home there. And he obviously felt, and his agent obviously felt, he was up for the challenge of moving to... Again, this isn't being disrespectful to Wolves, but moving to one of the bigger clubs in the country. I just think he looks like a rabbit in the headlights. Mm. Like, I don't... And there's this thing like imposter syndrome. He, he, he looks like someone who just doesn't believe he belongs there. And if you believe that, you're going to manifest that. And he does. He just comes across, like you said, every time you see him, he looks broken. He looks like, why am I here? Why am I still being played? Yeah. You know, he's playing, and and here's the thing: like, if he's ever gonna have good games for us, it's not gonna be as a left wing back. No, the guy's beyond right footed. He, you know, doesn't, he doesn't use his left foot. You know, he just no, doesn't use you know, it. He just can't. You know, when he runs, I'm almost amazed he doesn't trip because his left foot has to be used. It, it's mm. so it's it's a bizarre thing. I, and but then last night you look at that and you see Sessegnon on the bench and you think to yourself, well, why aren't you starting him? But then, of course, you know Sessegnon's injury record and you think, okay, Regulong's currently carrying an injury. Sessegnon's, you know, you've got to be managing carefully at the moment. Does Is, again, is his thinking, we've already lost this game. Where And he said afterwards, without saying, I threw the towel links we'd already lost, he basically said, I'm looking at a bigger picture. Mm. I'm thinking of all the other games we got to come. Mm. And the games we got to come, of course, our next two games in the league are huge. Because we play Arsenal, and then we play Chelsea in the league. Uh, Arsenal at home, Chelsea away. And they are massive, massive games for the club and our ambitions for this season. Because... If by any imagination, and I know it doesn't feel like we're able to right now, but if we are to win both of those games, we then go into our games in hand. You know, Leicester, which I know is there as well. Sorry, I, I didn't lead off. And, and our other game in hand. We've, we would then 
own, we would then be in the position and it would be on us and our results alone to finish the season in the top four. And that's massive. Yeah, he, he's had conversations, like you've said, like mm. you alluded to, he's had conversations with the top brass. And you do yeah. wonder whether that conversa- part of the conversation is, look, you know, put a decent team out, but the yeah. League Cup isn't our focus. The top, the top four, the Champions League, it's, the money that comes with it, that's our focus. As fans, it is very, very hard to... Like, during Pochettino's time when we were playing really great football and we were doing well and we had a really good squad there, whenever you feel a weakened team in the Cup for anything or, you know, you'd see Vorm's start and you, you sort of think, why, you know, this is ridiculous. It's a chance to win a trophy. The frustration was there for me in those moments because I felt like we were a team that could be and should be lifting a trophy. That squad deserved to pick something up. Do you, do you see what I mean yeah, with that? Yeah. Right now, we are so much in transition. We are so, you know, you can be critical of Antonio Conte, but he's literally inherited this team. He didn't start, he didn't get a preseason with them, he's inherited them. And he's inherited an absolute hodgepodge of previous managers' failed visions. Mm. And Pochettino inherited that when he arrived. You know, he inherited about three different managers' bits of squads and then he moulded it and it took him a little while. And Conte's inherited it and he has managed to improve us without a shadow of a doubt. Like, we have improved since he took over. You know, people are a bit on him at the moment, and that's fine, but we have definitely improved. You, the statistics show how much we've improved in every way. I shared an article with you guys in the Spurs News chat yesterday, and if you've not read it yet, do, because it's like a statistical analysis of everything from the amount the team runs now, the distance covered, the um, a number of interceptions, tackles, everything's increased, everything's improved. Which just goes to shows the 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 players have responded. The players are buying into the way he wants them to play, and they are applying it. And the reality is, and the conclusion from some fair-minded sports journalist is, Tottenham under Conte are a good side. Some of the players aren't up to it though, so some of the players need to improve. Um, but where you know where where do we go in terms of the transfer window and stuff like that because I don't know. It's it's it feels like you just said then. It feels like top four, like Anthony, we want the club to go, but we need the financial we need the money from the Champions League. If you can get us top four, we can guarantee you're gonna get backed with X. If you don't get us top four then the backing's gonna be Y. And he's yeah. therefore made the decision of okay if I want to turn this club around, I need X. <laughs> so yeah. therefore, this is what my priority is going to be. We just, like you said, we're we're a team heavily in transition at the moment. Okay, yeah. so it it needs rational thinking from fans. Okay, yeah, I, I understand the frustration. I don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to diminish people's Spurs fans' frustrations. I understand them. Okay, but. Yeah. Look, like you say, the, you know how we've improved under Moretti. We're unbeaten in the in the Premier League under him so far. Yeah. I mean, obviously we've, we've, yeah. played, we've played Liverpool, <laughs> but we've played a few, a few of them sort of mid to lower. So, you know, you don't know whether Nuno might have got those results as well. But as it stands, we're we're unbeaten under him in the in the league, and 
you know, yeah, like like you say with Pochettino, when he, t- I remember when Pochettino first took over, he mm. made um, who's the guy that got, went to uh, Watford, the defender, Yunus Kabul. Kabul. He made him captain, yeah. right? You know, and he soon realised that he's maybe not the captain we need, you know, and so yeah. the, the, he was looking at the different players. He was getting a getting getting a, um, working out, and then he bought some good players, bought some young players in, developed some players as well. Like, I mean, Dyer. He he yeah. he developed him, didn't he? And and other players as well. You know, Delhi was an, another one that that came in. You know, and uh, yeah. so I just think, yeah, like you said, he's not had a pre-season. If we can if we can finish this season in the top four without a trophy, okay, again for another season. Yeah. But it, it's it's that it's the building, like you say, it's the building block, isn't it? It's the right, okay. Yeah. We finish the season in the top four. We're now a Champions League club again, okay. We know yeah. that money's coming in. He can then, like you say, be given the money to to bring in some better quality players. Yeah. Uh, maybe that it, it sounds it sounds really plausible, and it sounds. Um, I, I don't think I don't think he, he threw yesterday's game. No. But I, I went. Um, so um, it might just been coincidence, but but I, I, I mean I went. I, did, I wasn't going to go, but you know I, did, I I looked on the website and that where I sat. Normally, when they get resold, they always go for this random amount of two hundred thirty-three pounds. Yeah. And I'm like, I ain't paying that. And then I looked, I looked on it, and then that seat that I picked was yeah. face value at twenty-five. And I was like, oh, oh wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. Right. So let's just grab that one. Right. So it was far, far cheaper. But I wasn't going to go. But yeah. I just think that, um, you know, well, say I was sitting there, and the guys to my left, the guys to my right. We all had that same, and I think I said it to you in the chat. I think I said it in the chat yesterday. Mm. I went there expecting us not to do anything, yeah, but hoping yeah. for us to get a result. We all was the same, you know. There was no look, under Positino between um, six, sixteen and eighteen. Yeah, yeah, right? Years, yeah. You go, you'd, you'd have gone to that game thinking we're going to do them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. we did, we yeah. did. Like you know, we we, we beat them at their ground. We beat them. I mean, yeah. remember the one at Wembley when Sonny scored that amazing yeah. goal? We beat them three-one. Yeah. But there was not that expectation. We we all know in our hearts that we're we're in transition. We know that. We we yeah. it's the hope, isn't it? The hope that kills you. Yeah, but is. I think yeah. if if we just kind of just rationally look at it and realise we're a team that have got, like you say, a hodgepodge of other managers' yeah. uh, ideas and that. Yeah. Let let Conte give him the time to stamp his mark, and this guy will come through for us. He will. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I think so. I, I mean, he. But I, I think the. Um... There's certainly a lot of tension, and I, I think the tension is deserved because the the tension is not brought about by Conte. No, no one's holding him to this kind of. He's not responsible for this. The, the responsibility of where we are from from where we were it, it falls on Daniel Levy and and the owners and and the lack of football and ambition showed by them really because. I think this is the problem with the fans. Uh, the problem with the anger in the fan base, which is like just under the surface all the time you know we win a few games and everything feels great but the minute we we lose that anger is right there you know it's like really quick you know mm. to, to come out and and that's down to them and and the problem is is it doesn't always get directed at them because it gets kind of misdirected like you know we lose a game and eric dyer mishits a pass everyone wants the guy lynched is but that's not you know you shouldn't be mad at the individual player we should yeah, because of the situation we should be mad at the club's owner and board for putting us here mm. Pochettino after those two great seasons just made it abundantly clear to everybody that we needed about you know a clear out he needed to 
what clear three or four players bring in three or four he made it clear to everybody and we signed nobody yeah. not just that we are we only made one of the changes he suggested nobody we then went through another window and then another window then we made one and then we went through another window and the, the club are going to point to the fact that when we got to the champions league final they then spent but they spent that money on Tangi Undumbele and Giovanni Lucelso and Ryan Sessignon. Over hundred million. And yeah, that's that's what it, when it's all in, so if you put all the add ons, which of course it won't because they've done so badly, then technically Tangi Undumbele total could total at sixty million. Uh, you got the other one at forty odd, and then so it's like one hundred and twenty-five to one hundred and thirty million. Now, yeah. obviously, those adults aren't going to go on, but that's still best part of a hundred million quid spent on those three players. Now, Ryan Sessignon, I still believe has a real future with us and the club and as a footballer. But since he's joined us, he's gone out on loan and he's been injured, and that's it. Tangi Undumbele, I don't even want to talk about, no. but that's that's everybody knows that situation Giovanni Lucelso last night for me looked like he was for I made the joke Eric Lamella came back and was wearing a Lucelso face mask yeah. because he genuinely looked like he cared but his application and his injury record since joining us it's been atrocious none of those guys that have been signed were the first cho- well sorry Tanky on the belly was Pochettino's first choice and we will never know if Pochettino could have got the best out of him. We will never know that because he didn't get long enough with him. So so that's kind of like one of those things. We're just never going to know the answer to that. But he was very much a Pochettino choice. But the others weren't. Giovanni Lucelso was the backup signing because the club wouldn't pay the money for Bruno Fernandes, who's gone to Man United and, as we all know, has done pretty well. Settled straight away, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, just walked into the league and just you know carried on. Um, Ryan Sessignon was again a club signing but again you'll never know if Pochettino's fitness regimes and stuff could have got the best out of him because he went so then you got Jose Mourinho's come in and the signings that are then made when Jose's there are all based around Jose's kind of philosophy of win now don't care about the future Mm. so we signed Matt Doherty and again (laughs) I said this at the time and I still stand by it on paper, that signing was a great signing. The guy was tall, physically imposing, which we didn't have. Uh, he was great getting forward, can play fullback as a wing back. He he was dominating in the air, both offensively and defensively. And because he came through the Wolves Academy, despite being Irish, was classed as homegrown. So everything about that signing made sense. It has been awful. Yeah, completely absolutely state. awful. Yeah. And you look and you walk your way through the other signings, everything like that. Um, Hoybier is a player who, when he came in, gave 100%, and I was always very impressed with him. I think the guy needs to be dropped at the moment. I watch him on a regular basis, just let players run off him. Yeah, he got a lot of stick last night as well. Well, yeah. And, see, this is the thing about like players in the top level. That guy's a machine in terms of not getting injured a lot and just playing and playing and playing. But there is such a thing as even if his physical condition is still great, there is such a thing as like mental fatigue. Mm. Like he's constantly playing, playing, playing. And also sometimes, and it is a genuine thing as well, human nature, is if you feel like your first name on the team sheet and you're playing at that level that he is right now, which isn't great and he's still getting picked, 
Why does he need to improve? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, he needs to be benched and he needs someone to sit down and go, look, these players are running off of you. That can happen. You need to work on this. We need to go to the training ground work on this. And until you buck your ideas up, Winks is starting every game. I'd love to see a run of games with Winks and Skip. Yeah, do you know, uh, Winks for me yesterday, I, I feel like he's still... like he's. Don't get me wrong, the effort he put in was fantastic, but yeah. there's still two or three or four wayward passes that frustrate me with him, you know? Yeah. I feel like he, he, he's so, he could be so close to the finished article, but mm. it, it's something that's not quite there, you know? But yeah. you can't fault him for effort. I mean, the no. guy would run, this, was running is, through walls yesterday for, for us. This is going to sound like I, I'm making excuses for him, and I know a lot of people think I am, but... I am getting increasingly frustrated watching him. Dyer's another one. And they get slammed for like the pass going wrong. No one's criticising the fact that our teammates are doing shist to get open to get to receive the ball. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, I, like if you look forward, um, if you get... Ch- Actually, don't watch the Chelsea game back. But next, our next game, right? <laughs> our next time we win and we feel good about things and you watch the highlights again... Check the movement because it frustrated Lucas Mora works his ass off oh, to absolutely. get free. Yeah. Works his ass off to be available to receive the ball and turn and get his head up. Mm. And he is the only one. Like it, it drives me like Kane is doing it in bits. Like yesterday in, in the second half, Kane clearly decided he was pissed off. Yeah. And he, he would looked more like the Harry Kane that we all know in terms of trying to get stuck in, trying to turn people, trying to get shots away. Um and he worked to try and find some space. In the first half, the bloke stood there. I watched countless times where people put the ball up, looked up, like, okay, who wants it? And he was stood there. Yeah. I'm like, you're not going to run in behind. You're not going to come in to pick the ball up so someone else can run in behind. I mean, you're, you're doing nothing. It's just... And then the pass gets intercepted and everyone goes, oh, and the person who passed the ball gets hammered. And you're like, yeah, I get it. But at the same time, geez. Mm. <laughs> you know, if you passed it backwards and it went to one of our players, you'd all go mad at that. Yeah, <laughs> you sure, know? sure. So it's like people... The, the team, it's like the cohesion just isn't there or the message isn't there or they're just not working hard enough um but it's, it's an interesting thing again you know we talked about why was Larice dropped potentially why was Larice not playing and he said it's because he was resting him well i just saw a lot of people go well surely kane would be the same scenario why is kane playing again then mm. and and that's the problem <clears> where we haven't got another second striker there yeah. you go yeah. if you're sending a message to the board okay that's this is you know, I've dropped Lloris for this game because I need him fit for the next however many. Um, this is the backup you signed me, right? <laughs> well, when we, when we played Morecambe, we didn't have any yeah. strikers on the pitch to start with. Uh, well, I was, I was going to mention the Morecambe game, but I thought we were all depressed enough. Um, <laughs> we won there. We won it. We, uh, we won. We won 3-1. Um, <laughs> we won. But it just illustrated again that there are some people at the club who shouldn't be there. Um, we we, we, was, uh, we was, me and Seb were sitting in the south uh, but a lot yeah. lower than where we normally sit was eight rows back and he absolutely loved it they they, they um, it, it was safe standing but, but yeah. it was only for, probably from when Ndombele come off that's when everyone yeah. stood up 
I had stayed <laughs> yeah. up, stood up the whole time, and I, yeah. I do feel a little bit ashamed that I, I, I screamed out the c word to him in front of my boy, which oh, was really wow. But you know when something riles you so much, yeah. And, and, and I think in, in the art, in an article I read, it said that as he was hearing the booze, he was slowing down, and I, I think yeah. he was. I think he, he was, was actually just he, he generally was antagonizing oh. the, the whole stadium it i i watched it and the funny thing was because he's such a um i don't know what the right word he's so friggin laid back in everything he does and the way he moves always quite sluggish and stuff like you see him just walking into the ground in those the team arrived videos and mm. everyone's kind of bustling along and he's just there at the back you know yeah, <laughs> it yeah. makes me think of that advert for that years ago you know mr soft why don't you tell you know, he's right, kind of yeah, in his own yeah. little world just chugging along <laughs> so when he starts leaving the pitch looking like that i'm not thinking about it i'm not thinking anything so I've kind of looked away, and then I started hearing booing. I'm like, oh, oh dear, what's going on? So I've looked up again. I'm like, he ain't moved. Mm. He's still in the middle. Of, we're one nil down. He's being subbed, and the bloke's basically just stood there, like, meandering. I, I mean, I'll I tell you what, though, and I, I'm not a, um, not a big Harry Kane fan at the moment, but I did see a shot of the look on his face of when Tangy was getting close I genuinely think he was going to grab him by the throat yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. was, he, he had this like, Lucas Mora was there as well and Mora I think just went on I think Mora just went you know, I sod this can't wait <laughs> any longer like, yeah I, I, I'm getting on the pitch um yeah and he it, went straight down the tunnel which I think was smart because I think people in that stadium might have absolutely gone for him um but I I can't understand your thinking with that um should he? I mean, you said to me after the game, "I don't ever want to see him in our shirt again." No, I, I, don't. I agree with that. I, don't. I remember feeling that way when um, uh, a young kid got substituted by Martin Yole. Yeah, um, that's right. He, now, and he threw the shirt at him. Was it Garley? Some Garley. Garley, yeah. yeah. And he did play for us again, but mm. I remember saying at the time he apologised. He went on and just said like absolute temper in the moment. It was completely wrong thing to do. And I, and you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, you took it on the chin more than our prime minister does. So, all right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I just, I just watched that, and I, I think it's because we're frustrated anyway. It's like you've got all the ability in the world and none of the, none of the aptitude to really try. Um, and that winds me up more than someone who's crap. <laughs> yeah, does that makes sense. Absolutely, it it was yeah. really. And do you know what I found frustrating as well is that um, a bit like what you alluded to with how um, uh, Conte can be misrepre- misrepresentative of what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was finding a lot on social media, people going, oh, you know, how can you boo him for his performance? Uh, oh, like, well, and no, it's, no not... he wasn't getting booed no. for his performance, right? No. Like, Delhi, Delhi had a, yeah. a, a, an awful game as well. Uh, Delhi came... Applauded. Yeah, he came off, off the pitch. Walking yeah. behind the goal, we all clapped him. You know, yeah. because he didn't have a great game, but it's he's no. just well done. But and yeah. and it'd have been the same for Ndombele. There would have been no booing yeah. at all if, if he just yeah. ran off the pitch. If he just got off the pitch. I mean, the other one who was subbed was uh, Brian yeah. Hill, who was the other side of the pitch, saw his number and ran. He he was like, so Ndombele was the first one to get his name called. Yeah, uh, Gill was the third, and he still yeah. overtook him. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's just oh, I honestly, I, I don't. I I know it sounds a bit extreme, and and do you know what? The fact I say it now, a few days after the the the, the game, mm. means that it's something that I mean. I do not want to see that guy wear a Spurs shirt again. No, and, I, I I don't even think what the reception would be. Do you know no, what I mean? I'd, yeah, I'd, like, boo, I'd, I'd boo. I'd boo him if he if he, if he yeah. picked him for Arsenal. I'd actually I think I'd actually boo because yeah, the guy's attitude is just imagine. terrible. 
Yeah, I can't imagine. But it's like, what do we do? No one's paying his wages that we got him on. No one's buying him for the sort of money Daniel Levy wants for him. I mean, we're we're screwed. The, the, this situation's a joke. He needs to just be gone, and the mm. club need to accept they've made a massive balls up mm. with this and and take the hit. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, we did advance. We did beat Morecambe in the end, and we do play Brighton at home in the next round. So it's a home tie. The FA Cup is home against yeah. Brighton, so you know, fingers crossed, we can advance in the FA Cup. Uh, mate. Before we run out of our time slot, um, let us go to the questions from the our fellow Tottenham fans uh, across the various forms of social media. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Where do you want to start, mate? We've had messages, we've had Facebook, and we got Instagram. Instagram, should we go? Go back we to our normal... start with Instagram. Yeah. I always feel like I need, like, music for this, like... There you go. chart music in the background. Something to work on, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, yeah, I got nothing else to do. <laughs> right, uh, first up, Johnny Stark uh, sent a message into Instagram that says, two questions. You only get one, Johnny. You only get one. <laughs> uh, surely Brandon Austin can't be as bad as goal in any yeah very good oh. um two uh do you have any concerns about Markande leaving the club he scores goals for fun in premier league two and wins player of the month every other month yeah he can't get a call up or a decent loan meanwhile spurs are bringing in young players like gill and sar that seem to be blocking his path uh that's a fair point um so to go to the first question brandon austin can't be as bad as golini i'm going to say something controversial now all right this is this is very controversial. Might get me cancelled <laughs> by Tottenham fans. <laughs> um, Galini is not as bad as everyone's making out he is. Yeah, he made a mistake last night coming for the ball, and I've seen Larice make that mistake ten, twenty times in his career with us, and he still had a good game. And Galini made three, four fairly decent saves during the game. Um, I know from range, but still, he had to save them. And um, it's not easy playing that role where you come in, you come out, you're in and out of the team and stuff. You need to try and get your rhythm. I think he, I don't think he would have expected to start. <laughs> I don't think. I think when he got the call, he probably went, "What? What? Yeah, I played on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't make, that's two games in a row. That's that's silly. <laughs> no, you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Someone submitted the wrong team sheet, guys. Oh, my name's on it. They've just not overwritten the one from Sunday. Clearly, it's an error. I'll go sit back down. Um, yeah, because I just had a heavy breakfast, you know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I I don't think you can. This is Craig. I know I'm going to get slammed for that, but I don't think he's as bad as everyone's making out. I'm always going to have a no. I'm going to have a level, but yeah, I agree with you. And I'm always going to have a soft spot for him because he looks a bit like I've had me Dan, doesn't he? So <laughs> freaking unit, yeah. <laughs> Not Polynesian Dan. Um, do you have any concerns about Markande leaving? Uh, no, Markande. If you cut him, he'd bleed Lily White. Uh, the guy. Guy loves the club, um, and I don't think he's going to leave. I think the club have got something lined up for him um, in terms of a loan. Uh, I don't think you're going to see him get called up into the squad uh, for a game because I think now this window's open, they're assessing the options for him. Yeah, he, he loves the place. He, I'd be shocked. I'd be very shocked if he was to leave. 
Um, the next one comes in from Jake Bennett. Jake Bennett says, Good morning, guys. Hope I'm not too late on the question front because I've got a couple. Everyone's just taking the oh, mick no. today. Give it, give it each. Hell? I know, right? I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on ball retention. Hey, we don't do Manscaped anymore. <laughs> uh, I know it's not everything, but I think it's something we've struggled with since Mourinho, and I think it really hurts us, especially against the bigger teams. We just don't seem to be able to hold on to the ball long enough to take the sting out of the game. I've seen we've been linked with Jesse Lingard. What are your thoughts on this? Okay, so let's do ball retention first. Um, it is a bit of an issue we've had for a little while. Um, we have addressed it massively. You're probably not seeing it as much because the most recent game in all of remember is Chelsea, who are a bloody good team. Mm. And so you have to accept that they're going to have a bit more of the ball than you um, because we don't have the players to dominate them like they have the players to dominate us. But in games like against Crystal Palace and stuff like that, there was it was an example used that under Nuno, when we lost to Palace three 0 um, our possession stats, our ball retention, everything was just atrocious. And then under Conte against Palace, it was almost triple everything. You know, you could see the massive difference. And in every game, it's improving game on game. Um, I don't think it would have improved against Chelsea in the League Cup, but in the league anyway, where the stats are readily available, the Premier League.com, etc., it's phenomenal the difference. Um, the players' confidence plays a big part in this. Um, you're talking about ball retention and taking the sting out of the opposition attacks. When Chelsea pressed us high at any point last night, our defenders looked like rabbits in the headlights. Poor Jaffa Tanganga looks so out of his depth in these games. It's, it's bad, you know, it does, it's like yeah. bad. And he, for me, is a player that is going to suffer real impact on his confidence if he doesn't get alone. Like, find him a championship team where he's going to start every week, get him there, mm-hmm. and let him stay there for the rest of the season. Let him get 20, 30 games under his belt and let him feel better, you know. <laughs> because after these games, Romero hopefully is going to be coming back in soon. Dyer should hopefully be back in real soon. Tangango. You, you don't want his impact on this season being those games. You, you need him to play and feel better, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so the ball retention thing, we are definitely improving, and the system under Conte is an interesting one where some games you're going to surrender the ball and try and counter, and some games you're going to try and dominate it, and we have seen that. Um, one of the games recently, visually, I thought we didn't retain the ball, and then at the end of the game, we had like 55% of the possession. I was in shock. It was like, how in the hell did that happen? Like, I'm, I'm watching the game. Like, I watched the whole game. They've had the ball loads. But no, we had 55%. Um, Jesse Lingard, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a decent shout. He had a good season at West Ham, didn't he? But yeah. I don't know. It's not really... Well, Jake, actually, you'll like this. You'll like this. Just, uh, Jake says, I find it funny that Sky Sports News said that Spurs fans would be excited about this one. Mm, doesn't really do anything mm, for me. Yeah. <laughs> which is basically what you're saying, which is like, yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, take Jesse him, Lingard, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah. He, ain't, he ain't the one that all of us are going to go, yeah, what a signing. Yeah, this is going to yeah. take us forward. We're not going to be like the Newcastle um, fans when they got taken over, like celebrating outside the stadium, are we, if we sign him? No, I don't know what it'd take for us to go like that. I think possibly Jeff Bezos buying us and saying, "I've got one billion pounds transfer kitty, go nuts." Every single transfer window, you can I have think, a billion. 
I think I'd probably that that'd get me outside the stadium having a few beers. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, there we go, Jeff. If you're listening, get on with it. Come on. Um, lastly, not so much a question, but a statement. Really pleased to see Winks, Sessignon, and a few others getting some game time, especially Winks, as I think he's a cracking player. As always, great work with the podcast. I hope you're both well and everyone else involved, of course. Yes, they're all well. We're we're well, and that's the important thing. Ooh, we've got a question here from someone with their own theme. God, and this is a theme I can actually play as well, legally. (laughs) Now it's time for a comment from Iron Brother. course that theme can mean only one man and it is the island brother and his question is hey guys happy and blessed 2022 to you and all your families we rise and we fall but at least around the next corner we rise again the mighty hotspur just saw the interview after the loss conte looks broken already so does paratici do you think that they will get backed in this window my fear and expectation is that levy wants to see these players have a proper pre-season with conte before he can accept taking any losses i fear but expect but expect conte to tear up his contract when that comes down the line anyway stay safe um we, we, we do seem to be, as a fan base, living day to day in fear of waking up to an announcement that he's gone. Mm, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of, it feels like everyone's just like, oh no, any day now, any day now, and he's just gonna walk. Um, I don't think that's a, I don't think this is a very healthy, healthy way for us all to live. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like if you're dating a beautiful woman, and it's you know, we we, we don't know day to day what's gonna happen. I'm punching, yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> yeah, every time I'm ever dating, that's that's the case. But um, so yeah, oh, I, don't I, know. I, I think look to put that. put a positive spin on it. Like, uh, like I've mentioned probably about four or five times already on this podcast, where I was yeah. sitting yesterday, I, I was kind of just probably, well, I was looking at what Con- uh, what Conte looks at every every, yeah. uh, every home game. Yeah. And we have got a world-class, insane stadium with an yeah. incredible, incredible support. Obviously, it quieted down when Chelsea scored. Yeah. But before that, you listen to the wall and the south and the sound that comes from it and the support... You, you've got you've got things in place, and look, don't get me wrong. I'm not for one second going to say that now is when Levy's going to start chucking the millions and millions at him. No. But although it, it, it's, it's almost like it's all it takes, just to, yeah. it, it, that is the last last key, like the last piece of the jigsaw. If he was to say, look, let's start seriously investing in the club, everything's here. It's not like um, it's not like Conte standing. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Let you go left the Leicester Stadium, for example. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I've got nothing particularly against King Power Stadium, but it's not anywhere near our stadium, you know. So no. you can imagine well, no, standing it's nowhere near our. Well, there stadium. you go. So like it's in Leicester. There you go. Yeah. So, so standing there in, in in front of a crowd of twenty thousand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is their capacity about twenty thousand. And then you, although look, they've won a couple of more trophies than us in the five, last five years. It's still like this is just like I, I, you know, it's it's like the the. the Everything would would feel like for Conte. Is, is it the right match for a world class manager like Conte? But I feel like yeah. he's standing. You've got a world class manager standing in a world class stadium with world class yeah. training facilities. There's just that the final bits need to be put in place, and and he is the right fit. You know, we're not yeah. we're as a, as a club not aren't punching by having someone as Conte, as someone like Conte as our manager. If we could just 
put those last two or three pieces into into place, which yeah. is, comes down to money, which is what Levy's yeah. not done before. You know, no, it's the problem. Um, the next the next one we got now is a message we had come in is from Chris Vanderlei. And I actually got him to tell me how to pronounce his surname because, you know, I butcher names. Uh, Chris says, hi team, just wanted to say a long time listener from Australia. That's how he said it You butchered the accent. He said, just a long time listener from Australia. Love listening to the podcast. (laughs) Everything about it's great. He ain't going to listen again, is he? I've just ruined this. Especially love the guess the jersey number game. Yeah. What on, son? Um, you're welcome, Chris, and you're also welcome to the comedy act we sent down, known as our cricket team. Hope you're all enjoying that special show. Every we se- we're celebrating moment. a draw. That's how bad it's got. Oh, celebrate it, mate! We were doing rain dances. <laughs> uh, uh, I read I read a post the other day about us not ever replacing Dembele, and we are still feeling the effect from that in our midfield. It got me thinking that the state of the squad is ultimately down to very poor signings and looking for diamonds in the rough rather than signing real quality. We thought we replaced Dembele with Undombele, crash and burn. Lucelso to replace Ericsson, crash and burn. Aurier to replace Trippier, Crash and Burn, and Doherty to replace Crash and Burn. Would you agree that the failure of recruitment in these key positions is one of the main reasons we have an average at best squad? Chris, I could go into massive detail on this, but I think I'm just going to say yes. Yes, we've kind, of, we've kind of alluded to it. Really. 100% correct. Um, and that is something that needs to change like drastically. Uh, the next message we have come in is actually from the Polynesian Dan himself of podcast fame, um, Spurs News alumni, uh, hero to all, freaking unit, don't ever upset him. Um, are you happy to see Conte giving homegrown players a chance? Skip, Sessignon, Tanganga all getting minutes recently, but are, are they at a level for Spurs to push for a top four trophy? I guess my question also links back to the potential signings would be another barrier for these players, i.e. Traore coming in would definitely limit Tanganga possibly Sessignon appearances, Kessie coming in would directly affect Skip. Um, I think they're very different players in very different uh, situations. So, for example, if we use Tanganga for an example, I personally think Jaffet needs to go out on loan, personally. I, I think... The Chelsea games especially, but but it's more than that this season, has shown that he's not been able to adapt properly to the system and the way Conte wants him to play, not yet. And he's looked out of his depth. And that's, in turn, you can see his confidence is gone. Do you remember when he first came to the scene under Jose? It was against Liverpool, I think. And he basically got in Mane's face like for the whole game, and everyone loved it. It was like, you know, this young kid coming in being really aggressive, abrasive, and That's right. stuff. Yeah. And then this season, he got sent off against Palace, and he's not recovered. He's yeah. not got that same level, because I think now he, he's nervous to be that physical, that abrasive, and he stands off. And like last night, so many times, the guy just ran off him. And you're like, that wouldn't have happened. You know, before that sending off, he'd have made sure they didn't get past him. And then you could see his nerves kicking in because they were getting past him. He'd commit fouls. Like, the players were just lining him up and just sticking a leg and knowing he was going to kick it. (laughs) He's just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, yeah. Okay, free kick, thank you. And that's the problem. Because once teams work you out like that, once teams know you're nervous and once they sense it, that ball was going down his side constantly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, 
he needs almost protecting to let the kid get his confidence back, let him play some games. Oliver Skip was being introduced to the first team a bit like around the squad, and then he went on that loan, and that loan converted him from being a good academy prospect to being a good first team player. And I think Tanganga needs that. Yeah, um, right. Skip, you know, you're talking about um, Triori potentially coming in, limiting Tanganga's time. Well, I think Tanganga should go out on loan, especially if we sign Triori. However, Kessie coming in, the person I see Kessie replacing is Hoybier. Like, right now, I, I think Skip's probably one of the best players in the team. And I know people just think I'm saying that, but I genuinely believe it. So, to me, that wouldn't impact him at all. It might impact rotation a little bit more, because Skip does still need to be managed. The kid's 20, 21. So, you know, you can Whilst that kid's still developing, you cannot expect him to play 60 games in a season. You want him to play 30 to 40 at most. So, I, I don't see that as a massive impact on Skip. I think it'd give Hoybeard a much-needed kick up the ass he needs. Yeah, sure, um, sure. But yeah, that's just my opinion, I guess. Right, you ready for some more? These are going to be quick fire from Facebook. What's your honest thoughts on how much to expect Lewis and Levy to support Conte? Not so much this window, but in the summer. Hope or expectation? Go on, give us your hope. I hope he gives us lots of money. My expectation is he isn't. There you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, Kevin, that was Kevin McPherson. Kevin, uh, I imagine you're feeling the same as us, which is you're at a point where you're thinking they have to, you know, you can't just keep, you have to. <laughs> um, and I'm, we're now in the 13th day of a 31 day window. So we're well over a third of the way through and nothing's happened. So it is worrying. Uh, Pete Thompson says, any news on how the Academy and the scouting's being overhauled? Also rumors of Nooney being, <laughs> what? There are rumours of Nuno being appointed as head of the academy. Yeah, I've seen this on a couple of social media sites. Um, Ridiculous. I don't, I don't know where to put that. Um, Have you not seen it, sir? No, I've yeah. not seen that anywhere. If that happens, I'd be very, very surprised. Because our academy set up in terms of coaching is pretty good. Very, very good, in fact. Um, and why would he want to come back as well? Yeah, and not be... yeah. I don't know about that. No, I've not heard that, and I've certainly not heard it from anyone of any any reputation. Um, with regards to the academy and the scouting being overall, the academy is not, but the scouting, our recruitment, is basically what Paratici is working on absolute relentlessly. And a few... I, I was fortunate enough, I, I got to know, uh, and I knew very well, a scout that worked for Tottenham for a time. And he, his view now from the outside looking in, is that it's being completely overhauled. Like, completely overhauled. Um, so, yeah, there, there isn't a lot of information about it, but I, I will keep digging and seeing what I can find out, cause, mostly because I'm interested. But yeah, sure. when I know, I'll, I'll talk about it on here. If it's interesting, if it's not, I won't say anything. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Miller says, what are your thoughts on Undombele's body language when he got subbed? We, we've kind of covered this, Ryan. Guy's a jackass. I'm, yeah. I'm done being polite. Matthew Fleming says, is it just my perception or are Spurs awful at taking throw-ins? It feels like most of the time we have a throw-in other than in our defensive third and the ball ends up with our opponents in possession. 
Is this statistically normal across football, or is it simply something we as a team do poorly? I felt this for about five or six years. For something so common in the game, it seems like Spurs are very poor at this basic part of it. I've got to be honest, mate, we're so poor at other things, I've not noticed. But now you've said it, it's going to be in my head now. The next game I'm going to be watching every throw-in. <laughs> well, do, you know, do, you know do you know what's funny? Because I, I, I had looked through the questions uh, yesterday, uh, okay, always yeah, yeah. the game. And, I, and, and this question was in my mind, funny enough, yeah. in the very sort of, you know, as I'm watching the game, yeah. and I'm just trying to zone out from the shit I'm watching, and I'm yeah. just, I'm thinking... Well, well that's how, funny, because that's, yeah. How, how, how proud were they? Yeah, exactly. But I actually saw them. But I, I was thinking, how can I answer this? How can I answer yeah. this question? And 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 I mean this in with total with no disrespect to Matthew, because I know he listens mm. a lot and he asks a lot of questions. But I was trying to think of an analogous way to answer it. Um, yeah. And the way I will is that I, I understand. I, I get it that he's trying to find another. Well, I don't, I don't know if he is, but it looks like another negative angle. Uh, for, for you know to, to us and how we are at yeah. the moment but the, the way i would uh, answer it in an analogy is that um so 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 when, before i got involved because i've been involved with the spurs news page for for a few years now you have and before i did so before i got involved it would be like someone um give like leaving a, a really top of the range sports car on my drive and going yeah. ashores right so before i got involved with spurs news i would drive that car and just enjoy driving a car. Just, just, just ignorantly, ignorant bliss of just enjoying f- f- sporty Spurs. Not looking too much into yeah, it. Yeah. Just driving the car, enjoying driving the car. Since I've been getting involved with Spurs news, and also especially with the podcast, um, it's almost like we we talk about the different parts of it. So we'll have discussions about the engine. We'll have discussions about the the the, the, the you know the, the different. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm, mean, I'm yeah. not a car expert, so I can't. The gear, the gears. There we go, and and then maybe we'll talk about the uh, the, the interior and the level and the gear stick and stuff, and 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 then we'll talk about the bad parts of it, like you know the car. You know, I took it on that drive, and beforehand when I was just ignorant bliss, I'd be just ignore that bit. My whole experience of the drive would be fantastic, but uh, we we're, we're dissecting it, you know. But yeah. this this question feels like it's like now now the question is, let's talk about the molecular structure of the paint. Shall we? Yeah. So right. you feel like you feel like perhaps we're going too it's far too into analysis. It's too deep. It's too deep. And, and and I understand. Look, Matthew obviously looks looks at games in a far deeper uh, way than I ever will. I, I I like to just go to a game and enjoy it and get angry when and Dumbelli does something <laughs> stupid yeah. and and be happy and go mental when 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 one of my players scores. But I I I looked at the game and I thought I'm not looking at that game and thinking we're terrible at throw-ins. I, yeah, I yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I, I, never I, had do, I do know, it. I do know what he means. Like, there are sometimes you notice weird things. I, I've got a thing that I've spotted in games, and I don't know whether it's just being mean or not. But why is Harry Kane still taking free kicks for us, mate? It doesn't make any sense, does it? I mean, when, when he when he lined up to take that free kick, uh, I think yep. it's when it was going to be a penalty, wasn't it? And then it's a, oh no, I think he didn't yeah. take that one. It was another one, but no, 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 it was one earlier. It was one earlier. That's right. It was a better, better angle. Yeah, but but like like I, I might be completely. Forgetting that, my, my mind might have uh, erased it from my memory. But apart from that free kick he scored against Aston Villa, about yeah. five or six years ago, went to a huge deflection. Has yeah. he ever scored a free kick since then? Uh, I can't. I can't think of one. I can think of recently he's made a couple of keeper make a couple of saves, which shocked me. Like I, I literally said, whenever he lines up a free kick, I turn around to my daughter if we're together and I say, "Wall 
or Craig. Yeah, yeah. And and that's it. Yeah. Because it's like, and last night I guessed Wall and I was right. Wall, yeah. So that, that was my takeaway. Uh, but yeah, Matthew Fleming. Uh, to be honest, with you, is not something I've noticed about throw-ins. However, you you know me and my stupid analytical brain now against Arsenal, and I'm watching that game. I'm going to be watching every bloody throw-in now, and I'm blaming you. <laughs> Liam Hickey says, if we could overhaul the entire squad, who would get rid of, replace? For me, Galini, Sanchez, Davis, Doherty, Deli, Undombele, Le Chelsea. Wow, oh, you're, God, as bad as, you're as bad as Polynesian Dan. Yeah. Um, Le Chelsea sees so much of Lamella and works hard but no end product. Hoy Bier, I don't know what he brings really other than a fighting spirit and enthusiasm. I, I, don't agree I thought he could be a future captain, but the more I watch, the less he seems to do and Skip is better in that holding role. I think at the moment, I, I think it's very easy to forget that when he came in, he did make a real impact for us, making interceptions. And he does still do that. But the thing that he's not doing now is he's not tracking runners. And a few people have told me he's never been good at that. And perhaps I just never noticed. But it's now really, really noticeable. Mm. You know, people just running off him and him not closing down the space. And the only thing I could think of is he needs a kick up the ass or he needs a rest. You yeah. know, either of those things, you know, you get the same result. Um, Skippy, I think we just see him growing better and better and better, and he is great in that role. Um, as for the list of players, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I personally think Sanchez is having a good season. I think he looks so much better in a three. Um, and I think when you partner him with Dyer and Romero for a while, let them have some games together, I think they'd look pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think Davis is having his best season for us in four or five years um, in that three and looks better. Doherty, obviously, I agree on. Undumbele, I agree on. Luchelso, I agree. Um, Galini, like I said, I'm not as hateful as others, but it's only a loan, by the way, for Galini, so we don't have to sign him in the summer, so that's probably not going to happen. Um, and the Delhi thing, I think, yeah, Delhi needs to go. Yeah. Um, Cam Patel asks, what is Palatigi doing? It's the 12th, it's now the 13th, but yeah, when when Cam wrote this, it was the 12th, and no new players are in yet. Um, yeah, it, well, I think he's working hard to try and improve our recruitment, um, and he can only spend the money in a budget that's given to him, and by all accounts, Daniel Levy flew to the Bahamas to discuss that with the club's owner, and has returned just two days ago. So it's infinitely possible we could see some activity now because he now knows what he can spend. Mm. But that would appear to be what's going yeah. on. John Dyer, with the mentality and commitment of certain players, and Dumbele, Delhi, Doherty being questioned, I think our priority should be to move these players on before adding anyone new. Even if that means not signing immediate replacements, I think the squad would be better for it. The players aren't enhancing the first team and the depth that they offer the squad for cup games is clearly just not worth having. I'd happily see youth players being given a chance instead. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, actually. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I'd, you know, last night losing that game to Chelsea or, or the Morecambe game, I don't think the atmosphere in the ground being 1-0 down to Morecambe would have been anything like it if it had been Niall John on the pitch and not in Dumbele. Do you know yeah, what I mean? sure. Exact same level of performance, but it's a young player trying to trying to do something, and it hasn't worked. He'd get subbed, he'd run off for a start. <laughs> um, but I don't. I think the crowd would have just been, oh, you know, 
good effort, kid. You know, it wouldn't have been exactly the same result, exactly the same thing going on, but the crowd would have been more supportive. When you're watching your superstar, biggest ever signing ever, struggle against Morecambe, you've got to be asking questions. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. You're like, you know, you, we signed you to be a Champions League player, and you're struggling against Morecambe from League One. Yeah. That's that's a valid question, but that is everything. That is all the questions. That is all the points we had to discuss. As always, a massive thank you to everybody. Apologies if we've missed anything or or if you felt we we didn't go into the detail you wanted, but we're tired, <laughs> so we're, we're done now. Um, but yeah, massive thank you to everybody. We really appreciate everyone's interaction, even when we're like we're losing games and stuff. We still managed to have a bit of a laugh. So we will be back next week. Next week, of course, we will be discussing the North London Derby results and also the rearranged fixture against Leicester, of course, which is scheduled for Wednesday. So we play uh, Arsenal, Leicester, then Chelsea. It's coming thick and fast, mate. It is. It's going to be crazy, but fingers crossed. We can get some results in the league. Everything's going to feel so much better. So a big thank you to you as always, mate. And everyone, if you're listening, you take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.